Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Monday morning. Hope all is well with you. Hope your week is off to a great start and that you had a great weekend too. I'm doing pretty well today. I'm actually taking the morning off when it comes to Kratom, not taking any this morning. Um, not really because like, oh, I want a tolerance break or anything like that. It's just, you know, I just didn't feel like taking it today. So there you go. You know, not much of a story there. Okay. So today I wanted to talk about something which keeps popping up. Something that almost is just going unsaid. And I think that it's something that could be considered somewhat hypocritical of both the anti-kratom movement and the pro-kratom movement. And that's an interesting intersection there, right? So (laughs) hopefully I've got you hooked by now and you'll want to know what it is. So here we go. Looking at any of the articles I've seen, you know, in the past week or so, and also at the few that I've mentioned on this show last week, I keep on bringing up the FDA. And, you know, through no fault of my own, I mean, just... Kratom and the FDA are like, you know, (laughs) it's not like Forrest Gump where it's like they're peas and carrots. It's like the opposite, but you still find them together all the time because they're at odds with each other right now. Everyone knows this. So the FDA is continually warning vendors about making uh, misleading claims and unproven claims of what Kratom can and can't do, right? That's a good sum up of last week. And Kratom companies are, you know, some of them are really upset by this because they're like, um, we're not claiming that Kratom can like heal someone completely who's going through opioid withdrawal. And we never said that. And then the FDA saying, well, you, you know, posted this on your Twitter or you have this on your website that says Kratom users report that it helps with, you know, withdrawing from opioids. And then the Kratom vendor might say, well, we're not saying that directly. We're saying Kratom users, some Kratom users, report that it helps alleviate their, their symptoms of withdrawal. And that doesn't need to be like taken as we're saying that this is a, a, a an FDA-approved therapy for opiate withdrawal syndrome, you know, like, you know. So these are this is how it keeps going back and forth, I think. And I think the FDA is really focused on the opioid addiction aspect of it and how uh, Kratom can be seen as a potential, uh, you know, tool in the fight against opioid addiction. That's kind of what I see it all coming down to. The FDA doesn't really take as much of a uh, stab at, at stopping Kratom companies from saying other things, even though they do. But it's really all focused on the opioid aspect. So... That's kind of what got me thinking about this this week. If the FDA doesn't like that a vendor, for instance, is saying that Kratom has been reported to have been helpful in aiding people with dealing with their opiate withdrawal symptoms, right? Let's just say that. They don't like that. Then why is it that they are also in their own logic and line of defense and of what of why they think that kratom should be illegal saying that it acts like morphine and opium and you know heroin they're saying that it acts like those things to some degree 
and that it acts on the same receptors. But then they're also saying that you can't use it to help treat withdrawal symptoms from those drugs. And I know that like at first you might think like that's a really dumb statement that I just made. But but I'm not like I don't mean it just like at face value like that. Um, what I'm really talking about is it the the line of reasoning for why they don't want kratom to be an approved substance to help combat opiate withdrawal syndrome in their words again is that it would be replacing one drug for another and that it's similar to heroin morphine etc etc and then you look it up on their website which they direct to hhs and then to nida and they say that methadone and buprenorphine work well to combat these symptoms uh, because they, you know, re- they relieve the symptoms because they're literally doing similar things to your body. Like, not the same, but it's relatable. It's not like, oh, wow, we came up with this treatment that has nothing to do with how your body reacts to opioids. Like, they there's a reason why people are taking those things. It's because it's doing things to your body to help your body, you know, uh, you know, d- deal with this lack of opium. Opium, for instance. Um, I wonder what the thing is doing. It's not like it's just magically waving a wand. Like it's doing stuff to your body that's making your body go, okay, this is good enough. I don't have opium, but this will work. Okay. So I know that it, it sounds kind of like, you know, very... I don't know what to call it, hippie-esque, but but I really am coming at this from the middle of the road. I'm about to be poking at the pro-Kratom movement too in a second here, so bear with me in case you think this is a little too hippy-dippy. Anyway, the, the long short of it is, I think that just because a substance has been approved by the FDA does not mean that it exists in some sort of, you know, separate individual ethereal plane of existence above all other drugs <laughs> you know it's still a drug it's just the fda said okay like it, it's literally it the only difference is a board of people who work with the fda got together and said okay we approve <laughs> like that's the difference right so then you get into the specifics and it's like you can talk about whether kratom actually should be used that way and i certainly don't know you know i really don't know but i think it's worth a damn try at this point to be honest We've been dealing with this crisis for 20 years. It's the worst it's ever been. At that point, you might need to try something different. Um, I'll, I'll leave that thought there, but food for thought. So so just saying that, that Kratom should not be talked about in that way uh, doesn't mean that there isn't some sort of merit there. It's just you haven't approved it, but like you won't approve it because you won't look at it. Um, and you ignore data from the World Health Organization, but you cite data from the World Health Organization when it comes to methadone. And that is the hypocrisy on that side, I think, in terms of the FDA uh, and more broadly the anti-kratom movement. I don't see anybody saying from that movement that they're against methadone. Um, Because the World Health Organization says it's an essential substance, the FDA says it is. Okay, well, if you trust the World Health Organization, then you wouldn't think Kratom is bad right now. Okay, so there's the hypocrisy, and I hope that people on that side can face it. Now, here's the hypocrisy on the pro-Kratom movement. 
which I do find myself somewhat on on the side of. But as you all know, I always try and approach this from the middle because what's the point of having a side if you're going to be blind to the other side? So I play devil's advocate in my own head all the time. Um, and, and you know, I don't know if I'm right. It's just kind of how I, I feel, but my feeling might change based on what I learn. Okay, so let, you know, sorry for always saying that, but I just want people to know. So for the pro-Kratom movement, you say that Kratom helps with opioid withdrawal symptoms and this pops up everywhere it is one of the core key arguments for keeping kratom legal in some sense uh it's not that everyone feels that way or that everyone uses it that way but i mean come on you know let's all agree in pretty much every survey that we've seen and every study that we've seen and every you know randomized sampling of reddit posts that we find people are using kratom overwhelmingly for treating uh, some sort of of withdrawal symptom coming from heroin or morphine or painkillers or opium or whatever it may be. That's like it's. I usually see like a sixty or sixty five percent figure, but you know it's all over the place. But but it's overwhelmingly like that's what you see, and, and I don't think anyone can ignore that. So let's take that as somewhat you know granted, and and with that granted. If your argument is that Kratom should remain legal and accessible to help with this issue, but then you're saying that it is not opium, and it's not heroin, and it's not morphine, it's not a painkiller like the ones that are prescribed, and it shouldn't be classified as such, or even related to those things, and that it's related to the coffee plant, you know, more than those other things, that to me is a bit weird and hypocritical. If you have something that that can help with symptoms coming from withdrawal from such powerful, powerful drugs, it means that the thing that you're using, obviously, it's the same argument I'm using with the FDA. That's why I'm saying it's the same thing. It's the same hypocrisy in a different, you know, through a mirror, the Alice through the looking glass, right? If you're saying that this thing is different from all the rest, but you're using it to help you get off of all the rest, there's obviously some sort of overlap. (laughs) Like, you can't just separate it and say, there's nothing bad about Kratom. It is fine. You can't get addicted. And, you know, using Kratom isn't, uh, like, replacing one drug for another. It's like, I think at this point, and this one kind of goes to both sides, but I'm just talking about the the procreative movement right now. I think if you replace some drug with anything, that's a replacement. I'm not saying that it's equatable. Like, it's not the exact same. You might not be replacing something the exact same, but but you're definitely using something else. And I think that where these movements need to come together on is the fact that people who are withdrawing from these really strong drugs, um, in addition, you know, this is a very narrow focus because there, in, there's so much more at play here than just the drug. Like it's like on um, that article I talked about a couple weeks ago by Morgan Godvin that said there's more to being addicted and trying to get off of something than the drug itself. It's more got to do with societal factors and yourself and your social network and your friends and your family and who's there to support you and, and a million other factors. I agree with that to a degree, but also it's just that these drugs are so powerful that it seems to me as if a lot of people, I guess I can't say a majority, but it seems to be to, to me to be a majority. A lot of people who are addicted to these substances need something to help them get off of these substances 
that aren't those substances themselves. And this is where the overlap happens, I think. I think the FDA has approved certain drugs to help people get off of illegal drugs. And that for some reason, the FDA doesn't acknowledge the fact that it doesn't fix the problem and that you're replacing one drug for another. And on the pro-kratom side, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, the FDA has these approved drugs and they're just trying to keep kratom from gaining any traction. And they, I think there's plenty of money involved in this. Uh, that's And that's why it's a focus of theirs. But at the same time, I think the pro-kratom movement must recognize that these are very powerful drugs, and the fact that Kratom might help people get off of them doesn't mean that that that's the answer, and that Kratom in and of itself is just the, the wonderful miracle plant that's going to save us all from this 20-year opiate, opiate crisis, right? Like, it's not that simple. You are replacing one drug with another to a degree, and, and, and I think each side of this debate must acknowledge that. Now, I know that I'm oversimplifying each side's view on this and that I keep saying anti-Kratom and then using that interchangeably with the FDA, but the FDA is kind of leading the charge on the anti-Kratom movement, you know, between them and people who have lost family members and friends who had Kratom in their systems when they died and and say that the Kratom killed them, um, uh, which again, I always say I would never dispute, you know, one's loved one's loss. Uh, without, you know, seeing information about it. And I'm not going to like go up to them and say, hey, I want to see a toxicology report of your dead husband. Like who would say that? So, I, you know, grief first, you know, debate second. But, um, but it, you know, there's a very specific type of person and agency leading the anti-Kratom movement. So I think that, you know, why not just call it for what it is? The pro-Kratom movement, I think, is a bit more spread out. I think that um, there are a lot of different people involved in that it's easy to say Kratom just does the job and it's a lot better than the things the FDA approved. Well, you know, I don't know that. I I know that it might be able to do the job that maybe, you know, some of the FDA approved treatments uh, do do. do. Like may, maybe Kratom can do the job of some of those and, and the FDA is really stifling progress. But it doesn't mean it's the cure-all, and it doesn't mean that uh, that it's wrong to assume that, like, Kratom being able to replace these hard drugs probably has some sort of attribute to it that might be similar to those hard drugs. <laughs> I guess I'll leave it there. That's just kind of what's circulating in my head today. I've been thinking a lot about it. I keep seeing articles about it. And I attached another article to this episode for you to take a look at if you feel like it. This is from the Pain News Network. Uh, I've mentioned them a lot. And they have an article looking a little further into those warning letters from the FDA to uh, Kratom vendors. uh, And specifically those about marketing Kratom as a means to treat addiction. So you can check that out. Link is in the description. And I hope that you enjoy going through this thought process with me. 
again, I'm always trying to be transparent with you all. Like I want this to be everyone's Kratom podcast. And so even though I have my viewpoint, which I think is important that you all know my viewpoint. So when you listen to me, you're like, well, I know that he leans this way. So I should take what he says with a grain of salt. Um, I do try to be middle of the road because I know that there are people who listen to this who might not think the same way that I do, but like your views are just as important and you might be right. I mean, I don't know. You, you might be right. Like I'm not the one who's going to be solving this debate. <laughs> I'm just a, a bystander, somewhat of a bystander providing a partial narrative of what's going on. And I have my own opinions. So as long as you know that, I think that we're good. Let me know what you think. Reach out if you want to. And other than that, we'll be back tomorrow. Take it easy, everybody. Bye-bye.